Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, McDonald's fans are thrilled yeah. that the McRib sandwich is back, but you have mm. to hurry up. McRib it's season. just through November 20th. I didn't know it was a season like that. I thought it was just all the time. People, there, there are two kinds of people in this world. There are pumpkin spice latte people and McRib people. Ah, see, I didn't, mm. yeah, I didn't know mm. any of this. And uh, this is the opposite type of a world of food story. Second, big news for your vegan friends. Beyond Meat introduced new plant-based steak. 21 grams of protein per serving. And finally, in the world of food, Kev, since you have some Gen Zers in your family, you know, 12 to 26-year-olds, want to guess Gen Z's favorite restaurant? Oh, Gen Z's favorite restaurant is going to be Chipotle. Ooh, good guess. When my husband asked me this question the other night, I said Starbucks, and he said, you're close. Hmm. The number one is Chick-fil-A. Starbucks came in second place, followed by Chipotle, McDonald's, and Olive Garden. Have you ever been going through something tough and your loved ones did something with you in solidarity? We've got a great story about that for you coming up. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Have you, your family or friends ever done something with you in solidarity? You know, like when you were going through a tough time. Well, check this out. Savannah Brown is a little girl from Philadelphia, PA, and she suffers from a medical condition that has caused her to go bald. It's called alopecia, and she lost all her hair in just the past two months. Can you imagine Hmm. what that's like being a little eight-year-old? Well, in a show of support for Savannah's resilience, her mother, father, grandmother, and aunt all shaved their heads. Not a lot of moms would like do that. Like nope. they would like cheer me on. My mom is special to me, like really special. Her dad, Steve, then surprised mm. her when he picked her up from school. He was wearing a hat and he was filming the whole time when he took his hat off and showed her his bald head and she was like daddy but then i also saw it as a great opportunity to kind of disconnect from the idea of what the world defines as beauty kind of helped savannah realize that real beauty is defined by our character savannah is beautiful she is so pretty she's got great character she's this friendliest little girl and she's going through balding in the last two months Mm. with such resilience and look at that support she's got around her that's incredible yeah that is what a cool family I think we've all had that feeling at one time or another in our lives where everybody and his brother is really into something. It could be a TV show or a band or something, and, and you don't get it, and you're just like, I don't understand why everyone loves this thing. I've even tried it, and it's blech. Well, my, my wife, I'm feeling for her because she has tried to get on a bandwagon, and it's just not happening. She's tried. I'll tell you what it is next. My wife, she has tried really hard to jump on a bandwagon. Maybe you've been there, too, where you've tried to jump on a bandwagon, but I'm talking about pumpkin spice. She has given it her all. Every year, pumpkin spice would roll around and be like, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's just, I don't I don't like it. I don't, I don't understand all the fuss. So this year, she has tried. She has tried to have pumpkin spice stuff. Like uh, the other day, I said, I'm making breakfast. I picked up because you're trying to adapt to pumpkin spice. I got pumpkin spice waffle mix. She was like, great, let's give it a whirl. I made it. And she was like, nope. Took, nope. She took one bite. And she was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you were excited. I know you worked hard making these. Worked hard. I added, added water, water. <laughs> and an egg. And that was it. But she's like, it's not even the pump. Because she used to make stuff with pumpkin in it, like pancakes and waffles. And she goes, I know what it is. I like the pumpkin, 
I don't like the spice. Ah. And we looked at the ingredients, and sure enough, there was pumpkin, and then there's a thing called pumpkin spice. And Which is, I think, like a lot of nutmeg, and I don't know what else is in there. But I like, I just like good old cinnamon with so my pumpkin. She is, she has, I got to give it to her. Because I, I can't tell you how many times we sat there at like the dinner table with our kids. And she'd go, you've got to try You don't know if you like it if you mm-hmm. don't try it. And she has lived those words down. <laughs> now, how about you? What did you think of the waffles? Uh, they were okay. Yeah. yeah, they weren't great. I'm I'm pretty when it comes. You to, were bought in because you bought the mix and made right. them. <laughs> but when it comes to things like waffles or pancakes or things like that, I like the plain old pancake. You don't need to add anything to it. Nothing. Just give me the pancake. That's good enough. Same thing with waffles. Just give me a plain waffle with butter and syrup, and I'm good to go. I don't need anything fancy on top. As a matter of fact, um, I ordered waffles. For breakfast one day, Tracy and I were out, and it came with berries and whipped cream. And Yum. I said, I don't want the berries and whipped cream. I just want the wall. Really? We're known for our homemade whipped cream. I was like, I, that's great. I don't want it. They brought it out. Guess what was on it? <laughs> the berries and the, with the whipped cream. Did you scrape it off? Yeah, because I'm not a send it back kind of guy. But yeah. it pretty much ruined the waffles for me because I just wanted the waffles. That's but back to the pumpkin spice. I'm with your wife, Tracy. There's only certain things that I like. Like, I'm not even a huge... I If you told me there's going to be no pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving, I wouldn't be upset. Wouldn't be upset, yeah. So so she gave it gave it the old college try. It just didn't happen. Anything you have like that? It's like something you, you wanted to like because everyone was on the bandwagon. And you tried it and you were just like, meh. Hey, Shelly, my wife, she, she gave it a try. Pumpkin spice. She wanted to be on the bandwagon, but she just can't do it. What have you wanted to... To, you know, join all the hoopla with, but you tried it and were just like, meh. Well, the pumpkin spice, I'm with her on that. But also, Cracker Barrel's hash brown casserole is disgusting. <laughs> Everyone loves Everybody, it and you just don't get it. I've never tried it. Everyone loves it. Everybody. <laughs> and I'm like, why can't I like it too? <laughs> what about you, Elena? I am definitely not a fan of bubble tea. Bubble Ooh, tea. me neither. I don't get those little tapioca things. <laughs> I've tried. I like rice pudding and tapioca pudding separate, but putting it in the tea, absolutely not. And you wanted to be on board. You wanted to join the hoopla. I wanted to because a bunch of my friends were trying it, and I see them out all the time, but it's just, nope, not for me. Are things fairly crazy busy in your family? Could this be the key to reducing stress in your home? Having dinner together as a family. Mm. Yeah, researchers with the American Heart Association have found that 91% of parents notice their families are less stressed when they share meals together. Sharing meals, great way to reduce stress, boost self-esteem, and improve social connection, particularly for kids. And we tend to make better food choices when we eat together as a family, too, when it's like as my sister calls it, fend for yourself night. Um, Everybody eats kind of like the weird stuff they find in the fridge or the Mm. freezer that's not quite as healthy. Everybody's stressed or less stressed except mom. (laughs) Yeah, she's got to do all the cooking. (laughs) All on her shoulders. the meal planning. And then the dishes. Everybody kind of just disappears. Our our one daughter was great at this. I'll be back in a minute. Let me go grab my headphones. Never to be seen again. (laughs) Gone. Wow. Boy, that brought back some memories, talking about my one daughter would disappear when it was time to do the dishes. I mean, everybody would get done eating, and we'd all have a different job to clean up, and she would consistently go, I'm just going to go grab my headphones. And I'm telling you, we would not see her again until breakfast. She would disappear and get out of doing the dishes. So I'm wondering, did you have any anyone in your family 
who was a master at sneaking off when there were jobs or chores to do. Did you have anyone like that? One of your kids. We'd love to hear about them. Hey, Mike, we're talking about uh, kids that tend to, they disappear when there's chores to be done. Did you have a situation like that in your house? When I was growing up, when me and my sister would have to do the dishes, she'd disappear saying she had to go potty, and <laughs> she wouldn't show up until the dishes were done. And that, that's impressive because I'm assuming that was before there was a such thing as iPhones. It was, so it was hard to disappear into the bathroom for that long. Just to see there's nothing mm-hmm. to keep you entertained. <laughs> but she did. <laughs> <laughs> How about your family? Who was the expert at getting out of chores? We'd love to hear from you. So we're talking about how some of our kids can, uh, they've mastered the ability just to sneak off when there's chores to be done. Did that happen in your family? We'd love to hear from you. Was there one kid that was really sly about it? We're talking about how some of our kids are really expert level. It's slipping away when there's chores to be done. I was talking about my one daughter who would, she go, I need to grab my headphones. And then you'd never, you'd never see her again. The other, other kids would do, do all the dishes. But then there was a classic that I think all four of our kids employed at one time or the other. I've got so much homework to do. Yeah. I've got so much. One. And then you'd go and, you know, knock on, Hey, just want to check in on you. And they're on their phone with their friends, which of course they'd go, Oh, it's group study. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh... the homework excuse was a big one. You grew up with four sisters. Did you ever, any of you ever slip off when there were chores to be done? Mm-hmm. Who, who was the most likely of all you and all of your sisters to slip off if they were Man, in, I don't make know. an I think... excuse? I think we were so scared of my parents that we were afraid to. But who, what, there had to have been uh, one of you I, that would I be most likely. I couldn't name one, but I, what I did know, this is something I learned really young. Our parents would come up with a list of chores on Friday night that we were required to do Saturday morning. And we were only allowed to watch cartoons for a certain amount of time. And then it'd be like, all right, girls, turn that TV off and get started on your chores. Mm-hmm. And I knew when I got old enough to drive never to ask to borrow the car or go out my, with my friends until all the chores were done. Hmm. And then I would ask. Huh. Otherwise, it was going to be a no. It, or it would be, well, huh. we'll see when you get your chores done. But I, I think we were honestly too scared of my parents to try to get out of them, like doing the dishes or sweeping the floor and stuff like that. Hmm. So what life skills are your children or students learning right now? This is the number one skill that predicts a child's success in life. More than IQ. You want to take a guess, Kev? Mm, I'm Number, not sure. Perseverance. Perseverance. There you go. Yeah. So how can you teach your kids to have perseverance? First, set them up with things like routine, good sleep, and unconditional love. That's the foundation. Then teach them that mistakes give you opportunities to grow. Teach them to divide large tasks into smaller, more manageable ones. Praise their effort and celebrate their small wins. And finally, the hardest thing to do as a parent to teach perseverance, step back and let your kid figure it out. I don't know about you, but this is so not like me, but I did something Christmassy already and it's only October. This is like (laughs) so not me. Um, But I actually, I just thought of two things. One is I bought a couple new ornaments for my tree. There was one I really loved the most, and so I got a couple more of them. Okay. And then secondly, my friend Cammie is doing a poinsettia sale for her daughter's um, gymnastics, Mm. and I just purchased two poinsettias for Mm. my house, which the two I bought Mm -hmm. last year are still alive. And then the other... Good job, you. Wow. They just love my kitchen. It's the weirdest thing. I water them once a week. 
I learned not to overwater them, and they're they're, they're kind of more green than white. Like they were white, and now they're kind of greenish white. But they're still pretty. You're going to walk into your kitchen one morning and you're going to hear in the corner of the room, feed me, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> like a little shop of ours. <laughs> Free me from this life in your kitchen. <laughs> but the last thing that people are doing, this is something I still haven't done yet, but people are doing that super Christmassy is that, did you know that Hallmark has already kicked off their countdown to Christmas movies Uh-oh. last weekend already? And uh, then they debut new ones every, I think it's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So they have a bunch new Hallmark Christmas movies. Hmm. There's actually an entire podcast that's only about, about Hallmark Christmas I movies. Yeah. yeah, People are nuts for those It's things. wild. My wife got on the Christmas bandwagon yesterday, too. She bought ribbon. She came home. She goes, hey, I got ribbon for, and she got ribbon to, like, decorate for the Thanksgiving table. Like she's going to do something with ribbon around the centerpiece. Oh, cool. Um, but then she's like, and look, I got Christmas ribbon, too. And I was like, too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> Coming up, this is pretty wild, Kev. Something you predicted years ago that teens would do to rebel. It's happening. <laughs> hey, Kev, this is wild. Something you predicted about teenagers and technology years and years ago is mm-hmm. actually it's happening. Okay. Do you remember what I'm referring to by chance? I'm going to bet. Is I said kids are going to put down their phones. They're going to stop spending so much time on their phones because that's what their parents did. Mm-hmm. And every kid, every generation has to do the opposite of what their parents did. So you, that's what I'm going with. Your prediction is absolutely correct. <laughs> Teenagers are giving up their smartphones. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you used a flip phone? More and more teens are giving up social media and Mm. relying on face-to-face conversations in an effort to free themselves from the attention-hogging tyranny of smartphones. Mm. Uh, Now, teens who do give up their phones, what's that like? You probably know from punishing your child what they're like. But um, uh, teens say they're, this is the self-reported, they say they become way more creative, they have more time to read, and they have better concentration when they get off their phone and social media. I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say they go through like the, the four stages of grief: <laughs> denial, acceptance. <laughs> right? That's when mom and dad are the ones that take the phone. <laughs> These are kids voluntarily, and they. You know what they do? They meet at the library and discuss books they've read. That's cool. I, I love that because it, okay, kids live in fear of being canceled, right? If you're not on social media to begin with, you can't be canceled. <laughs> you're uncancelable. Is there something bizarre that scares your pet and you're like, why are they afraid of that? We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Is there something odd that spooks your pet? The other day I was pet sitting for our producer Griffin. I was walking his sweet little dog, Henry, and one of our neighbors has one of those. It was nighttime. And one of the neighbors has one of those inflatable pumpkins mm. that lights up at night. Yeah. And poor little Henry was like, what? Didn't like it. I don't it. know what that is. <laughs> I think we should go around that. I don't think we should go down your driveway right now because that is not, that's not safe. We should not do that. <laughs> and um, it reminded me of like I had a, a fox terrier, Fergie. She was petrified of like if you threw a, a towel at her or a piece of newspaper, it was just like, how dare you? And it mm. like scared her. Something coming at her. So I just thought it'd be fun to compare notes. What is something crazy that spooks your pet? Is Break it the inflatable out? pumpkin at your neighbor's house? What is it? 
Hey, Teresa, it's Kevin and Taylor. So how about you? What spooks your pet? Popping gum. Ah. And it doesn't matter where you're at. She will find a place to hide, even in the car. Oh, and no you kidding. will not Poor find baby. her for a long time. That know, is weird. I know someone, you guys, who has a Yorkie who's petrified of fall leaves. Can you imagine what this season is like for her? <laughs> this season's crazy at, at my house because all of our dogs, they, they come from a long line of bred hunting dogs. So they see squirrels outside, which I am pretty sure are taunting our dogs at this point. <laughs> they like stand on the fence and dance. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it drives our dogs crazy. So much so that uh, our bay window in the back, I have moved the little grating we have in front of the fireplace. I've put it in front of the window. So I'm afraid Marco's going to jump through the window. He's so agitated by him. This is your guaranteed put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Oh, you're going to love this. Can you imagine Hurricane Ian is barreling towards your home in Fort Myers, Florida? And you just, you don't know the waters are going to rise. That's what happened to Don and his 80-year-old mom. They're like, okay, we can ride out the storm. We've done this before. They didn't know it was going to become a Category 4. Mm. And all of a sudden, the water's rising. He doesn't know where to put his mom. So they're uh, clinging to his truck wow. trying to ride out the storm and survive. I can't imagine how scary that night was. The next morning, they woke up surveying the damage. And they saw volunteers and staff pardon the pun, flooding the area from Samaritan's Purse. Yeah, I mean, they brought tractor trailers packed with relief supplies. Volunteers from all over the country started removing the debris and helping them. And the biggest part of what they did is they started sharing their faith with Don. Through their interaction with him, Don decided to commit his life to the Lord, and he began to feel that change in his own heart. What an incredible story. And if you'd like to hear more stories like this, just go to SamaritansPurse.org. Think back, when were, what were you into when you were an eight-year-old? Coming up, chances are it wasn't this. Think back, what were you into when you were eight years old? Hmm. I loved my big wheel, my train set, playing on the swing set with my friends. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm going to say Evil Knievel stunt cycle <laughs> coupled with an easy bake oven. There you go. I was a renaissance man before it was a thing. Chances <laughs> are it was not like you see with me and Kevin, anything like what this little eight-year-old Sam Baker is into. He is headed to Yosemite National Park where he will attempt to ascend El Capitan in hopes of becoming the youngest climber to ever reach the top. Now, he climbs with ropes, no free solo stuff going on here, and he learned to climb from his dad, who said they've been praying for good weather and been training for a while now, and yeah, he's going to climb El Capitan in Yosemite at eight years old. I want to talk to his mom. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) She's got to be a nervous wreck, right? Yeah. Think, Think about you, mom. When you, just when your kids go out in the backyard to play, right? yeah, you're checking on them every five seconds, right? This kid's Let gonna alone climbing. How, how tall is that? I mean, that's like thousands Did of. Do you feet, see that right? movie Free Solo? Yeah, I oh, mean, it's, it takes your breath it'd away. Be how like tall climbing it is. the yeah. World Trade Center or something. Mm-hmm. It's massive. I just I, I did a little Googling to find out how tall is El Capitan and how nervous is the mom of the, the kid's gonna climb it. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. He's going to climb it. He's going to use ropes with his dad mm-hmm. and climb it. I know if I told my wife, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna go climb Bill Capitan," she'd be like, "You can, but you're not taking one of my kids." How <laughs> tall is it? Wait till you hear how tall it is next. 
Okay, okay, y'all. So I cannot imagine being the parent of this kid who's going to climb El Capitan. And Sam Baker. That's one of those He's places. Eight. One of those places you just think, wow, that's really tall. But I really wanted to get my head around how tall is it? And I said, gee, that would be like climbing the World Trade Center. World Trade Center would not be tall enough. Whoa. Imagine you're you're standing next to the like the Empire State Building and your kid goes, I want to climb it. You'd be like, have you lost your mind? El Capitan is two and a half times taller than the Empire State Building. Mm. Three times taller than the Eiffel Tower. You're standing at the bottom of the Eiffel Tower. Your kid goes, I want to climb it. But you know what? Why don't you stack three of them on top of each other, and then I'll climb it. Yeah, I think That's it's how tall it is. Take them four days, and they like sleep on a ledge in between. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's a four day ordeal. This is probably the same little boy that the mom had those little rails up on the side of the bed so they wouldn't fall out of the bed when they were little, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and now, yeah, I'm going to sleep on a ledge. 5,000 feet up, (laughs) straight up. Thankfully, dad's an experienced climber, but yeah, still, he's only eight years old. Mm, That is something. And you do that at eight. Have you you peaked? (laughs) 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 What what do you do after that? (laughs) Great, I'm eight, and I've already climbed El Capitan. What 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 is there? I mean, little league trophy kind of seems like meh yeah, after that, right? True. <laughs> Straight A's. Eh. Guess there's always Everest. <laughs> Did I mention I climbed El Capitan <laughs> when I was eight? So this is such a cool story. I'm so excited to share it with you because um, it hopefully it'll give you some hope if you're waiting for an answer to prayer. Um, I don't think I've ever had one answer this fast. There's other things in my life that I don't think the prayer will be answered this side of heaven. But this one, last night I went to bed and I just had to lay my dad's health at the feet of Jesus because I was so stressed out. Um, he's had an ongoing complication from multiple sclerosis and things have gotten really scary and really dangerous, and so much so that he's been running a fever and the doctors have him on not one, but two antibiotics. Mm. And uh, we've been really worried that maybe sepsis would set in where you get you just get such a bad infection that it's hard to recover. And um, he needs a surgical procedure to help with this complication and solve the, the fever and the issues. And the surgeon's doctor finally called and they're like, Okay, we can do it November 11th. And we're like, what? 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 What are you talking about? Like, this this is dangerous. My dad has a fever every night. What do you mean? And we were all just, uh, me and my four sisters and my mom, just feeling just pretty deflated and just saying, okay, it's in God's hands. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but we're just trusting you, Lord. And I just got a text a couple minutes ago that they got him in for this week. Mm. So instead of waiting two and a half weeks with this fever and the antibiotics and worrying that this issue could really cause some problems, really big problems, yeah. they're going to be able to take care of it in a couple of days. So oh, I that's just, great. We're like texting each other like, thank you, Father. Like, just like, yes, this is the best news ever. So mm. just so grateful for answered prayer. And if you could keep my dad in your prayers, especially my mom, the one who's, by his side as caregiver day in Mm -hmm. and day every night all night long that would really appreciate it